And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. TM, TM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, two and three. With Morocco, Sepp, and Mando. Tune in live at 10 30. And it's all on the road radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. TM, TM. Radio. <laughs> I love it. Yo, 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 yo. Good morning. Good morning. What up? What up? GMG. Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. Look at that. Another beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Today, actually, is a year ago today. That the first Rug Radio membership pass was minted on the blockchain. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, it was 12 22 uh, 21 uh, when we launched the free claim for the 19,000 membership passes. And, uh, and it's actually pretty crazy. I, I, I was going through uh, the Etherscan transactions of that the other day to just look at exactly the dates and whatnot. And I thought it was great. I, I love having history on chain. Anyways. It's awesome. There's something special about today. Mando, Osef, I got my co-host in the house, both on video and on audio. You know the vibes. How y'all doing today? Yeah, guys. Yeah, man. How are you? We're vibing. We're vibing hard. Uh, it's the end of the year. We're pushing. We're pushing. We're pushing. We're crushing. We're getting ready for next year. And at some point, I'm going to have to do my Christmas shopping. I don't know about you guys. You, what, what kind of Christmas shoppers are you guys? You guys the type to like do it way ahead or the type to like... Don't buy presents, right? It's the best way to do it. What? Don't buy presents. <laughs> well, yeah, we doesn't really celebrate Christmas, and I'm, I'm not. I, I know we sometimes do Christmas. You don't. You're not a Christmas person. Uh, I well, mean, I, I mean, we do. I, I mean, I guess I grew up getting Christmas presents, but I'm not. As you probably know by knowing me, I'm, we're not like super, super materialistic as a person, so I, I never really buy that many stuff. Like when people ask me, "What do you want to get for Christmas?" I just have no, I no concept of what what mm. to get. I see. I'm not a great Christmas buyer or receiver. Just FYI, I think your mic's not connected. But we do hear you. We just hear you out of Zucan. Um, but, uh... <laughs> Classic. Obi, what about you? You're a Christmas person? I'm a big uh, Christmas person. I like the best thing about Christmas for me is hanging out with friends and family and like drinking and getting drunk and stuff. Yeah. People you may not Every night leading to Christmas. Every night leading to Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's my favorite part. It's really it's like it's really nice in London. Unfortunately, I'm not in. London. I know Christmas in London is so magical. It's magical. Oh, we can't hear you, Mando. You muted. Um, so don't give me this. Really, Obi is never there for Christmas. Like, never. He always claims I, he'd I love to be there. Well, I would love. I would love to be there. I haven't been there for two years, but I mean, going to Winter Wonderland in London, like yeah, we used to, we used to go to Winter. Have you ever been to Winter Wonderland uh, in London? Yeah, in Hyde Park, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I went in uh, 2016. I was there at the beginning of December. I think in the two weeks in, and I went to Christmas Wonderland. It was, uh, it was cool. I love that. That's stuff. a lot of fun. I'm the cheesiest Christmas motherfucker ever. I'm just not home. I don't have a house until they told me December 28th now, a new date for me to get back Ooh. in my home. And and it was supposed to be December 9th. And so, like, if I was home, you'd see like it would be like I was planning on buying like a 12 foot Christmas tree. I bought like thousands of dollars of Christmas decorations. I ended up giving it out to my mom. So at least she has a really nice tree and really nice decorations at home. So we're going to do it at her house this weekend. Uh, but yeah, we're big Christmas people. Like I wake up every morning on 25th to go to my mom's 
you know, uh, might actually go back and sleep at my mom's this year for Christmas because I don't even have a house, so might as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely a big, I'm definitely a big Christmas person. Like, we'll definitely go for all the different meals. Like, we'll, uh, like, it's definitely like a good event. Like, um, the, like big family stuff. We're actually going to go down to the Algarve in southern Portugal for Christmas with some of uh, my wife's family. But it's, we're definitely going to do, do it big this year. I stab well Christmas. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, see, see, this is now a public space. You can't just like publicly call out <laughs> Portugal for being a third world country. Yeah. I mean, you're literally like in the in the Caribbean, so I, I don't think uh, Ovi could say much uh, right now. But you still can't find a roadcaster plug, and literally Ovi this morning had to Google it for you in the group chat. Yeah. Like literally, I have and never seen. What? Guess what? It's very difficult to find. It's very difficult to find. Is that even? Even in the UK, it takes two weeks to deliver. You know that. So let me Google you, that for you. You really thing. screwed us. <laughs> you screwed yourself because you forgot no. it. Ovi and I didn't no, forget anything. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, put, let's put it into context. Let's put it into context. Okay, let's did, over the over those two days at Ledger, did one of you put into a cable into anything? As a matter of fact, of you as a matter of fact, I will time. I will come in here and cut you. <laughs> Who's out of us three? Who missed? The day where we had to go and prep with Ledger the morning of. Oh, did that help you with the audio setup? Uh, um, yeah, we were talking to the head of audio and I had to set up the... the, the you guys, it's all about audio setup that All day. about audio you guys, setup. You guys did absolutely We had a meeting at 11.30. setting up that space both days. Farouk was uh, like drinking beer and tea right up until <laughs> both events. Ovi didn't even turn up on the second day. So, <laughs> Well, he, to his defense, he was doing something pretty special. But you know what, uh, Mando? It's true. You were head up with the setup. It's so tough, like connecting like a roadcaster into the into the AC. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. With, which needs to like insert yeah. a tiny little... Yeah. While having a glass of wine in his hand because he's saying I was drinking. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we're all drinking. Uh, let, let- <laughs> Oh, you muted again. You muted again. You muted again. You muted. You press the button. I think <laughs> this is funny. Oh no! It's really funny when he can't defend himself because his audio stops working. You can hear me now. Very ironically, <laughs> you couldn't set up your roadcast if, lest we forget that. Remember, you had to get somebody to come and check your power cable at the start, and then you were like, "Oh, it's a Canadian plug that's not working correctly." That's yeah. why you took my power cable. Yeah, totally took your power cable. Uh, but anyways, 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 it's fun on video. I mean, if you guys are watching a video, you can see us today banter live uh, on, on camera. It's actually, it makes it even funnier. I think that's what makes us want to banter even more and longer. There's people, I'm seeing people listen live, some people listening on, on audio. you love to see. Remember at the top, I pinned uh, the spaces. Definitely share that. We do have Tim Ferriss uh, coming on at 11.15, so in about you know 25 minutes. No, that's, no, that's 35 minutes uh, to, to talk to us about, you know, his career. Uh, I mean, his success as a podcaster, obviously, is massive, uh, huge. We could learn a thing or two, I think, on this show here. And then uh, yeah. about his entrance into cryptocurrency, NFTs, and then the legend of Cockpunch. And what's up with that? Because we did cover it, like, when it first dropped. Uh, when we were in France, remember, we talked about it. So we're going to be able to talk with Tim. We tried to get him on back then, but it was, it was complicated. He was in Africa. It was a whole complication. So he's back, I think, and then we'll be able to chat with him. So that'll be a great conversation. Super excited that we made that happen. But in the meantime, of course, uh, macro NFT daily summary per usual. Uh, some more Yuga Labs, Board Ape Yacht Club uh, hints yesterday. Uh, you know, uh, how do you guys feel about the fact? I'm gonna ask you later. The fact that your entire net worth um, relies on 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 a monkey's asshole. 
I mean, I, I, <laughs> I love that. I love their storytelling. It's actually so good. Like, I really am enjoying it. Um, the Board Ape Coin, Ape Coin Foundation votes are done. Five people went through. There's three people in. Mando's going to tweet later, but we do want to put a call to all five to come on the show next week. So we're going to put this out later. We definitely want to try and see if all five can come and, like, throw it down for an hour on the show on the 27th. But we'll chat about this later. And then a whole bunch of other stuff happening in space. But anyways, anyways, anyways. <laughs> it's good. It's the holidays. It's a more laid back show, all right? Uh, let's get right into it. Daily Market Report. Brought to you by Rug Radio. Joseph, what's the word? Um, so don't really have much to report. I mean, yesterday we had a strong day. Equities are up 1.5% on both S&P 500 and NASDAQ. It looks like stocks are opening pretty weak today. Um, we're down 2% and 3%. I don't know if there's some kind of headline that I missed, but um, it doesn't look that great today in stocks. Crypto is also lower in sympathy with that. So it looks like... Um, it looks like, oh, one sec. It looks like, <laughs> Hi. It. Hey. It, looks like, it looks like Bitcoin is, um, is at 16.7K. ETH is low, back below 1,200. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, do you see a headline, Michael? Am I missing some sort of headline? Like, why is everything getting destroyed right now? Yeah, look, I, I hadn't seen anything. I, I saw... Um, I saw we went uh, markedly low just like at the close and we had a bit of a weak close to, to, to yesterday. There's been some stuff about the um, about the uh, reopening of China not not really going that well. But other than that, um, I haven't really seen much. I saw AMC drop like 25% because they're doing an equity raise. Uh, but yeah, n- n- nothing major other than I think just a, a sell-off into, into the new year. Oh, I also think that new new home sales have got destroyed, right? Some of that or like... Um, must be something some that's bad- out. Because like everything's down like three percent. Let's see it. Like, why do you why do you go straight up when you want to look? Don't you guys still have access to your Bloomberg terminals or something? Yeah, but this is this feels like one of those days where it's towards the end of the year, and you end up getting massive volatility because no one's really around trading. Mm. Um, like this is the twenty second of December. Like there will be barely anyone yeah. in any of the trading desks. When are the markets see, like, closing? By the way, what days and times are markets closed? Uh, you, know, you know what it is? It's GDP. The final final estimate of third quarter GDP came out at three point two percent above the estimate of two point nine percent. So is that good or bad? Sounds well, horrific. Oh, no, I mean like the problem is awesome. that because this economic data is still strong, this is why the Fed doesn't want to lower rates, and that's why we're selling off. I think maybe yeah. So it's just basically saying that economic strength is. But rates still haven't more. moved, right? Rates have moved tighter. Rates have lower even. Rates are unchanged, it looks like to me. 10 years yeah. still 3.66%. But I think that's why equities move lower. I don't know. It's weird. It's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing. It's like the economy is good and the stocks move lower. But. Well, we'll see. I mean, the price of ETH right now is under 1200 So the 1186, uh, 166 for Bitcoin, 77 Matic, 12, uh, $11 yeah. sold. So that's what we're looking at. It looks like the whole market took a plunge with it. Um, and uh, even, even LV on the video decided to go completely dark. I'm uh, back. He's back. He is back. So I guess so. I guess that was the explanation. Anything? Anything else to look forward to? Ovi? I think the rest of it you were saying, like you've been saying, there's not much to report for you really on on, on that. Front. Apart so, from that, no. Like I, I thought I was going to have nothing to add today, and we bounced yesterday, and we were opening unchanged today. But 
I think that goes to show you, like, like normally stuff doesn't even really move on GDP or GDP revisions, but if that's the reason why we've moved lower, it just shows you that all economic data is just going to be super important going forward, and less so inflation. Uh, this year was a was a story of inflation. Next year um, will be the story of like um, payrolls, like GDP, consumer confidence, all that kind of stuff. And the next payrolls number we get is going to be on the sixth of January, Friday the sixth. I looked at the estimate for that. I, I think it's probably not an accurate one, but the estimate was five fifty seven. 57,000, which is like way lower than last month, wow. 263. But that can change. Like, even for last month, I saw the estimate of 63, then it changed to like 200. So, um, and obviously for payrolls, we've like come above expectations pretty much every month for the last six months. So, we'll see how what that comes out as in January, but that will be a big number, I think. Because if that again is another beat, then it just means we're going to have higher rates for longer. All right. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I think there's nothing to left. Like you know how those little dates and things. There's nothing left for the rest of the year. We're gonna be waiting, obviously, early next year for like early. What is it? First week of January. We have some more of these uh, of these numbers to to see where we're going, and uh, and we'll see how the how the year opens up. That's for sure. Uh, so that's that's about it on the market side of things. Obviously, not too great, but honestly, guys, at this stage, um, I feel like nothing you can tell me can can beat me down. Uh, this year has been a year of beatings. I mean, look at my face. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it's been a year of uh, I, I <laughs> definitely uh, a year of beatings. So uh, we've been um, we've been uh, we've been uh, through it, you know, through and through, and it's been uh, it's been pretty crazy. But anyways, anyways, let's talk about our our favorite thing. Let's talk about NFTs. Can you dig it? Yeah, GM guys. Um, again, a, a, an okay day, I would say, in NFTs. You've seen uh, the vast majority of the trading action has been around Board Apes. They obviously released this like cinematic trailer for this trial of Jimmy the Monkey, um, where, as Frog says, he's he's shown to eat the key, which she then. I don't know. It, let's say it travels through his body and goes goes down into the other you side. You just say it goes uh, into his ass. <laughs> because it yeah, does. It's fair enough. He is. <laughs> um, but we should just pin that. We should pin I just did. I just trailer. did. Yeah, I think... It's coming. I just pinned it very well. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Jimmy faces the ultimate trial. Stay tuned to mdvmm.xyz for what comes next. Yeah, that was the news. Um, so Yuga assets continue to trade quite well. In fact, you saw ApeCoin, I think... ApeCoin's outperforming. It went up to like 3.65 area, nearly 3.7. Um, and I think it's now since dipped. But again, that's good for staking. Uh, so you had the, the BAKC, the kennels. Um, that went up to 8.5. You had the mutants. The mutants have been the one that have actually traded the best over this period. They're now at 15.5. So that's been quite a big move for the mutants, particularly for a 20K collection. Board Apes have stuck around 69 for the for a while now. But um, it's been the it's been mainly mainly um, board apes assets which have been the, been the most as- or Yuga assets which have been the most active and other at least other D's are now back up to around one and a half area. If you remember, they dipped about to around one I think or just just shy of one. So if you if you bought around that level, you're up fifty percent, which has been I guess a, a decent trade. Um, other than that, it's the same it's the same collections. The newer collections you had mutant hounds. Everyone, everyone likes the mutant hound. Suddenly, 0.8 ETH. Um, I mean, there was multiple like 30 ETH plus sales in that collection. 
multiple yeah for the mega mutant hounds if i'm not mistaken yeah so you had some um you had some very high sales in in the in the mutant hounds you saw i think leo missed out on the next round of of the board ape uh council elections right i don't think he made it i think it was very uh, yeah, very no close. so on the council no he came sixth actually uh which is uh which is pretty wild i i think i thought out of all them uh, he'd have a chance to make, especially with like the project uh, drop in and doing so good. Uh, obviously, there's no, there shouldn't be a direct correlation. I'm just saying, like I thought maybe that that's what would happen. So it looks like the five people is Verita Ape at 3.6 mil. But hear this out: the next four are so close. You have the gentleman at 3.1, Jerry at three, Herb at three, Board Ape G at three. So they all had 15.61, 15.7, 15.8, 16.2, and Vera is not too much higher, like just 18.9. And from what I understand, as this morning, uh, and it's pretty good turnout. There's been 1,175 people that voted, which is not bad. Um, and uh, and about how much ApeCoin has been used to vote? I'm not too sure, but it's a lot. Uh, and uh, it looks like there's so it's three out of the five in the next round that starts actually today until the 28th so yeah 22nd to 28th which is the next round of, of voting so that's what's going to go down um and we were thinking right 27th because 28th is when it's finished i was talking to a few apes they were like maybe that's tight um you know i don't know if you guys are, are down for 27th but we were thinking of maybe having all five of them uh, open invite to come on the show i mean if only one comes kind of like weird but if like three four five like I, hopefully five pull up i mean it's your opportunity to talk to the people uh and uh and uh uh, and 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 uh, and you know, um, and get it done that way. So, I mean, it could be fun. What do you guys think? Did you guys? We should, put, de- we should definitely get. You guys are lazy. You guys didn't vote. You guys could have moved that vote. Uh, yeah, I've, I'm <laughs> so I'm generally someone that just doesn't vote. I know it's really bad, and I have so much ape coin that I should have voted and expressed a view in it. But um, it was tough. Vote and stuff like you guys going to vote, vote in the second round. The voting process needs to be easier. If you have your what was so line. tough about it? It was so easy. You, you, like snapshot, like I just voted on the Rug Radio uh, quorum voting that we have going on right now, and I have my DAO, and it takes me five seconds with even with the ledger. Like I just uh, you plug it in, you put your pin. I don't, I don't like connecting my the apps, like random shit and stuff. You know, like I know, I know you're like Mister Security, which is a great thing. Yeah, don't get me wrong, this is a great thing, but snapshot is usually pretty legitimate tool uh to vote another thing in the bake ecosystem is that they've added back the the dog uh royalties two and a half percent uh and i don't know if you guys so it's it was was followed by um which was followed because so it started off with gordon tweeting out like should we put two and a half percent back on in order to uh to get the royalties in order to build dope shit for you guys which is like kind of like i'm paraphrasing but it was really alongside those words uh things that he said and then uh like literally every single person said yes and that's how he he kind of got a uh, a feel for it and um and so he uh he they turned it back on and there was an interesting statistic by nfc statistics as usual uh which was pretty good and he said um here i'm a pin at the top he was saying currently 88 percent of make and bake trades pay zero percent royalties effective royalties are about 0.2 percent versus two and a half percent set rate this is largely due to the blur airdrop farming before airdrop three about 50 percent of trades were paid zero percent curious how today's Move from zero to ten and a half percent royalty for BAKC impacts actually royalty payouts. And if you look at the chart, like it just spikes up. 
So that was interesting to see uh, because most of the trading was happening on the BAKC level. It was like you didn't see a lot of apes move on the back of the last two trailers and threads at all. If anything, you've seen mutants move and now obviously dogs, which, you know, have been, you know, shown to have utility time and time again. Uh, we, we already talked about this yesterday. So I guess we'll see. And uh, The tweet from Gordon read, um, should you get turned back on uh, the two and a half percent royalties for doggos after you're collecting not... Um, none, so we can stop rugging ourselves and actually develop more cool shit for them. So <laughs> uh, that's a nice picture, Ovi. Um, Ovi has a background of himself. Uh, it's, it's it's great. I, I I put a whole promotional background in the back. You see that? It's pretty. It's not bad, right? You, you see? There yeah, you go. I yeah, can I can. Good. There you go. It's not bad. Um, and so <laughs> and, and and Ovi and and Mando has a thing. But uh, on the also on the NFT side of things, actually, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna share my screen. So if you're on video, you can um. You can see what I'm looking at, but a big uh, X, X copy trade today. Uh, X copy just traded an hour ago. Um, it's uh, it's called Utopia uh, and six five two nine fund season four that bought it for three hundred twenty five ETH. Um, that just traded uh, at nine twenty one a.m. this morning, uh, about an hour and a half ago. Solid. I mean, I think the last few X copies trades have been like in the three hundreds, right? Like even before, I know you don't trade often, but. When they trade, it's around like the 250, 300 for, the, for these ones. So I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I know you guys have two of them. Um, I think it's pretty, pretty solid. Completely missed that. It wow. just happened. No, literally, just like I just, I missed it. Too. I just it, just, it. It, just ha- it just happened before we came on the, on the space. Yeah. Um, obviously, 6529, this is, they have a number of different funds, or the 6529 fund yeah. part of it. So, um, and they bought, I would say, They've been the majority buyer of the recent X copy one of one mints. <laughs> I think they've bought the um, like over fifty percent of all his recent mints. So uh, yeah. this doesn't make sense. I think this is maybe higher than maybe one of the last mints. I guess easy down so. quite a bit, but about four hundred grand. I mean, it's obviously traditionally well over the last two years. That's still quite low for an X copy trade, but it's um, it's good in the current art market. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, love to see it. Well, look at this piece. I, I'm showing it live right now, but if you're, if you're watching on video, but this is absolutely sick. Like, I, I love this work, but that that's a wow. Look at that piece. I wonder who sold it, and 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 so it's. Uh, I wonder when it was minted. What year this one is? So it seems like it was bought from Seb DCL, um, and then and then it was minted. It's a 2019 mint. Sweet, February 21st, 2019. That's that's pretty solid. I mean, I know eighteen, nineteen x copies go for a lot. So, I mean, when you think about it, you know, over a long period of time, because I know they're they're probably looking at a ten year spectrum. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty good buy uh, when you think about it. You know what's interesting about the six six five two nine is fun. They're acquiring, or you know, in their terms, like seizing so many memes of production right now, right? And uh, and they're either like there's like we were talking about this with these a lot. It's like they're either like gonna end up being the smartest people in the room with like with the biggest trade ever because they've acquired so much art. Even PFPs have punks, they have apes, they have everything, right? They'll be the smartest. They'll make a killing in terms of like money. Like they'll crush it. Or they'll go down as people who literally supported an entire ecosystem for years and artists. So it's like a win-win for them. Like no matter where the space goes in the next five to 10 years, uh, I like to think that um, the 6529 fund is, is really... Um, lining themselves up to, to, you know, to be, to look pretty good in history. But that is, that is the, that is pretty solid. I'm um, looking at the, the comments. Yeah. $393,000, $325. Um, wow. It's a, 
it's pretty solid buy. And then when it came to the the, the Yuga Lab stuff and the Board Ape uh, Kennel Club um, royalty payouts, this is what I was talking about. So this is a chart of you see a little spike here uh, in terms of like royalties paid out. Um, but it's uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, like I'm sure that the dogs have been like heavily used to to to, to farm on Blur over the last few days. Obviously, as soon as like there's like this pump going on any collection, like people are just going at it uh, pretty heavily in order to 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 you know to to get as many future Blur Blur rewards uh, as possible. But besides that, Mando, I mean, on the NFT side of things, yeah, I mean the hounds are what's pumping the most. Um, not much else, right? Oh, we can't hear you. It's so weird. No, you muted. So weird. Yeah, I muted my, I muted so myself. So um, yeah, no, it's just been it's been mainly Yuga assets, which have been. Uh, I mean, everything's quiet. Like as Obi said a couple of days ago, this is towards the end of the year. We've got our tabs mint happening today. As in, like, if you own a, well, if you won many of the different raffles, including a radio raffle, you can have that mint. But there's not a lot happening. Not a lot of collections are doing things. Um, so I, I don't expect there to be a lot of volume across a bunch of different projects right now. I think I think uh, I think it's understandably quiet um, going into next year. I think the vast majority of people who are active in the space are probably active for the blur, the blur airdrop, and probably throwing bids around there or they're staking Yuga assets. But um, other than that, I think we're going to have a quiet, a quiet few a few weeks or a quiet couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, that's pretty much what it's going to be. I'm looking at what Moonbirds are about seven, seven, clone six. Potatoes still strong around both tweets, but they got a mint coming up. Mebit's got a little spike. I mean, they did their announcement with Warp Sound. Shout out to Jeff, Lindsay, and that team at Warp Sound. I really appreciate them. They host Music Mondays on, on Rug Radio, and they're friends of mine since the early days on, in the space. But um, they, they did this. I don't know if you guys saw. I thought it was really cool of Yuga Labs to do this. Um, the Mebits collab with, uh, with Sounds. It's the Turn Me On stuff. Um, which was uh, announced a bit ago, but now officially, I think that everybody has access to it. Um, and based there, yes, say 22 hours ago today, in partnership with Warp Sound, we're releasing the complete Mebits Turn On uh, album, including 13 new, never been heard songs on major music streaming platforms, and as a free claim, plus gas digital collectibles for Mebits holders. It's pretty cool. Like this whole music, music aspect, music NFTs, by the way. But you know, I think, I, <laughs> but you, you know, why I like this. And again, like what Yuga Labs, and yes, I was talking about this with uh, with um, with the Web3 Exposed crew, and we're talking about Yuga Labs and what they're doing. Like, they're literally doing a lot of things right. And no matter what it is, like Gordon and his team, they're just they're just killing it. Like, there's this no, I don't think anyone can say otherwise. Like the whole like board APR club stuff going on right now, I think is great on the storytelling side. I love it. I love the trailers. I think it's fun. It's playful, and it makes you want to be involved whether you're part of the ecosystem or not. I'd love to hear from people who are not part of the ecosystem at all, but are part of the NFT ecosystem, what you think. So you can definitely bottom right if you could write your thoughts. I'm actually curious to read some thoughts, but as a holder, that's not super involved because you're busy. I'm just like, yo, this is cool. But you guys, like you guys are large holders. It must make you feel comfortable, right? Yeah, look, uh, as holders, but also, I guess, project um, founders yeah. as well. Like I think they're, they are hitting the balance between um, engagement and like community building as much as they are about around IP building. They're doing it very, very well. Yeah, this is super cool. I got to make sure I claim these Warp Sound uh, albums and, and everything. I think it's cool. Like from every level, like they've, look, with the punks, they just did the, they just did the, the, the ICA Miami. They donated a punk there. There was a, there was a Warhol 
of Marilyn Monroe next to that punk that I wish I had gone. That was iconic at Basel. I love seeing the photos. With the Meebits, you're seeing they're trying to do some collabs and they're doing them with people who are literally like native. Like Jeff and his Jeff Lindsay and that team, like they were minting apes, right? Uh, and so they've been part of that community forever. They didn't they didn't really let go, right? And so they kept going. Um, and actually, Jeff, I remember he even got fished along the way and lost a ton of apes and just kept going and kept building through it. So that that's even better, like crazier, right? And then on the on the board ape side and and on the the kennel and, and mutant side they're crushing so you'd love to see it next up is other side but they just announced that they hired that activision blizzard ceo coo and that's not ceo yuga labs you know there's something going on there i mean things are really rolling right i think uh i think it's uh it's a it's um it's a really interesting dynamic going on uh at yuga right now and it seems like things are just rolling for them so it's definitely good uh besides that i mean you know all the rest as usual you know pudgy's still very strong above four and a half ETH. um the cats had this like bump not long ago right the other day remember i think it was monday or tuesday there was like so many sales i'm wondering what news is gonna follow that if any but i thought you know if there's gonna be um if there's gonna be a lot of uh of sales like that figured there may be uh there may be something coming on the back of of uh of these news uh mintage came on you know the other day it's cool to see love to see it they're hosting dope spaces still strong they minted out at 0.5 so they're you know steady just a tiny bit under 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 mint so but they got some stuff coming up for sure mf are strong you know and seal still strong they hit one ETH, bounce uh retrace a little bit um they're still out there oh i see the dgens wait tabs is today no tabs is today tabs is today uh, hey it's in, in two hours i think yeah, a couple of hours. So if you own a DJ's Access Pass or you owned a what, what other collections? There's, there's a few other collections. There's a lot. Mainly DJ's yeah. Access Pass. Um, you're going to be able to mint today. It's three days for the mint. Um, and then there's a bunch of other communities that did pre-mint style mints, um, which you may or may not have won, including Rug Radio. Yeah, yeah. No, I know some of our holders were talking about it yesterday that that they won in the in the Discord. So that was that was uh, that was super cool. Uh, and so okay, so there is. There is, is there so is there any they're all one of ones is that how it works? Um, yeah, it's just like any generative project. They're all technically one of ones. Yeah, but is there like you know how like even generative projects that have like these like special ones on top of it? Like do you guys yeah, have so like I, I did I did ten special pieces for it. No way, that's there are, cool. Like, ten ones that I've done, yeah, that are in there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Woo. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, this is this is really cool. Wow, uh, it's fun. Yeah, I saw red guy, DJs, noble cards, six five two nine memes, chromie squiggles, vintage. Grifters, Proof Bass, Rug Radio, and Dick Butts. Hell yeah. Uh, if you were part of these communities, you had the chance to join a, uh, a public pre-mint raffle, uh, which uh, which I think obviously got over-allocated, which was super cool to see a lot of people want to uh, jump into this and, and get that. So you absolutely love to see it. Please be careful, everyone, as usual. Like, they've got a mint going on. You know what happens when there's mints going on. Uh, and uh, and there's the links are on the official Twitter accounts uh, for these things. Um, and I guess you guys share on Discord, right? You have you centralize everything on your Discord and you share the info there. So um, it's uh, I just want people to uh, to be aware uh, that you know and be careful. I was I was looking through the 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 files. Uh, I think Alien Queen has done incredibly well on yeah. this. Like it it looks every single one looks fire. Um, and I then mean, her art is OSS crazy, bro. Yeah, I know. Like she, she, I, I, people might not remember, but she actually the, she actually won the original DJ's one of one competition. Yeah! I remember. I think I think Cry Barrett owns it. Um, and yes, it was does. like this really 
this really like sick DJs that she she created, and then so she won that competition along alongside some other people as well, um, who all won the different like one of ones for the collection. But then she just went like parabolic after that, and then uh, did a bunch of sales of of you know on on Super Rare, got onto Super Rare, did a bunch of sales, and then did the Rec Guy one of ones, and then this is kind of coming back and doing a full collection with us. But um, I, yeah, I think this is really really cool. I think as as Corey will know, and you guys will know, with with doing the Rug Radio PFP, to make them generative and and like really detailed and have a lot of differentiation in, in the pieces is a tough thing. I think she's done an amazing job at that. It's very hard. Like I'm no artist, but I'm watching Corey go through it right now, and we talk yeah. a lot. And he's like, he it's it's like it's crazy. I can't wait to start. We're going to generate soon, actually. Think. Even like look at look at Corey's stuff. They all they all look so different. Whereas like when I did it with Rec guys, all it's like literally the same fucking picture, just different colors. Do you know what I mean? So it was like way easier to do it with that. Um, but what these guys are doing is just like next level. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Well, look at that. I I listen. I know this is a last second uh, edition here because we we were we were uh, we were uh, we were going to do just on uh, spaces, but. In the back end, hold on, let me, I'm trying to change something. I'm trying to change my thing. But we do have a Tim Ferriss who actually joined us on video, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that, Tim Ferriss. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Oh, he says he can't hear anything from, yeah, you should be listening from um, your computer. Wait, we're going to have him in two seconds because we're doing the whole video. We, we hit Tim Ferriss like last minute, everyone, like 20 minutes ago about the whole video thing. So it's our fault. <laughs> it's definitely our fault. Let's Hold on. Let me figure this out with Tim in the back. End. But in the meantime, Mando, you did you did uh, you did pin a you did pin something. I don't know if you want to talk about it for a minute. And uh, and uh, in the meantime, I'm going to I'm going to. Uh, relay, uh, you know, connect with Tim and the back end and make this happen. Yeah, so there was a strange thing that uh, crypto, uh, I think it's a crypto marketplace um, called Paxful, like suspended all of. Uh... Hold on. What? Hold on. We're having some. Okay, we're well, good. Was it broke or was it? Was it... The thing is now we're, we're muted on spaces. Stand by. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Yeah, I think we're good now. Yeah, I think we're good now. Still got an echo. Your favorite silent morning show.
Farouk, we're still silent on this end. Now they can. Sorry, I had to mute myself on Twitter Spaces and mute all of us because, because I'm, I'm the one with the master control. Whenever I would speak, Tim's phone was... That's our fault. Tim, we're sorry. This is totally our fault. We are amateurs here. Uh, and <laughs> But everybody, we are back. We are still live on video and we have the, up, the, the audio going on. And we have uh, the one and only Tim Ferriss who just joined us on stage. And so for everyone, you know what to do. Uh, share the space. Let's get this party going, baby. Uh, <laughs> we're back. We hit Tim Tim's assistant like 30 minutes ago, right before going on with the... Hey, um, by the way, we're also doing video if you want to come in. So <laughs> this, this is definitely our fault there. <laughs> um, when it comes to, uh, to to planning that. Tim, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. Good morning. That's uh, new technology. You know, give me a chance and I'll screw it up. That's my... It, it's not you. <laughs> it, it's honestly, like, this is one of those it's not you, it's me moment. It's actually me. Um, and <laughs> because basically we figured out a way on Monday, Tim, to both do live social audio and live social video. That's cool. But... Yeah, which is cool. So Mendo and OSF are on stage with us right now. You're gonna hear them come through my uh, my audio, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but because we have the video going on, and then we managed to tap my video uh, into uh, into the audio for people to be able to have two different experiences. Yeah, cool. Um, because you know we show things like maybe we'll, while you talk, we're probably gonna be showing the cuck punch and like a bunch of other things you've done before your podcast went on. So we show things uh, on video too. Uh, but we understand that when we have a big guest on, we should maybe um, explain to them days before, not 20 minutes before. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> but thank you for trying. It means a lot. Yeah, my thank pleasure. you so much. My well, pleasure. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a, a, I'm sure we'll do another interview down the line where we can do a whole video uh, all together. You know what's funny? Mando, even on video, has a cock punch background that he had ready for you. It's it's glorious. <laughs> it's absolutely glorious. <laughs> Send you a screenshot. It's awesome. But everybody, if you're in the audience, you already know what to do. I'm going to tweet out again that we are live with Tim Ferriss. Tim, GM, how are you doing? GM, I am doing well. I'm caffeinated. I'm on my second cup of coffee. Life is good and thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, listen, it's, uh, it's a fun period to, to, to have some guests. The holidays, it's all holy. It's all jolly. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's in a good mood. So, you know, you absolutely uh, love to see it. Uh, we were we it was it, we were bummed not to be able to have you back then. Hopefully you're feeling good. But it's such a cool uh, it's such a cool thing to be able to have you now uh, on the show and to be able to talk about, you know, all things Tim Ferriss, all things, you know, your career, uh, your, you know, your entrance into crypto. I understand you've been in it for a long time now. Uh, NFTs as well. And uh, and then of course what you got coming up and what you drop with Cuck Punch and all the all the future uh, things that you're going to be working on, Tim. So, but before before we do so, we do have a question that we ask all our guests, uh, big or small. Who is Tim Ferriss? <laughs> Still trying to figure it out for myself, honestly. I think that's a lifelong process. But I'll give the super basics, I suppose. Tim Ferriss is a human guinea pig, self experimenter who focuses on testing assumptions, which sometimes means doing the absurd. So that is my career in a nutshell. Very little long-term planning, basically two-week experiments, six-month projects, and then I see what happens, and I pick the most attractive door that is open. That's that's the story of my life so far. Wow. 
I like that. So you you experiment, you find the door that is open, and you go right through it, mm-hmm. and you usually bust that door open, and, uh, <laughs> and and you make it happen. Uh, in the meantime, I just tweeted out the space with Tim. So if everybody wants to give this a share, I think this is going to be a very very um, insightful conversation. Actually, Mando, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to you because I know you have a couple questions uh, that you've got for Tim, and then we're gonna start jamming. So Mando, right to you. Yeah, I, I guess we'll start with how, how it all began. Like you're, you're, you're most known, I think, now for obviously the podcast series that you that you do and you have done for, for kind of years. But before that, it was you were kind of a publisher of like a these four hour kind of self-help style book series. And that then moved into you being quite a big VC investor. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to hear how 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 it all kind of started. How did you start with the podcast? How did you start um, then move into into VC and then? And then, yeah, just what that sure. first experiences were like. Yeah, I'll try to give the the highlights slash summarized version so I don't give too much of the life story and then we can dig into anything that's of interest. The writing started, I would say, somewhat accidentally. I had no intention of being a writer, but I had attempted to start some companies. Some had done okay, some had not, and... I was living in Silicon Valley. I moved there after college to try to raid the, uh, you know, raid the coffers of tech riches in 2000, which turned to be unfortunate timing because everything imploded uh, within 12 months after that. And the fact of the matter is I ended up going back to teach in a high-tech entrepreneurship class. I was invited to come back and lecture once or twice a year by a former professor to just tell my story of basically doing it the hard way, which meant bootstrapping various companies and having all of these failures and all these challenges. So I went back and I gave this talk, let's just call it twice a year. And over the years, I did that from 2003 to 2013, I had all these notes. And in effect, I was almost like a comedian workshopping my material. So I I had all of this material that I had worked on. I knew what the students understood, what they found interesting, what they didn't like. And all of those notes later, when I discussed them with an author friend, uh, were recommended to be turned into a book. That's how the content of the 4-Hour Workweek came to be. And I think the origin story is a little important. So the 4-Hour Workweek, the title and the subtitle were actually one combination of let's just say 12 possible titles and i actually tested them on google adwords so i i bid on search terms related to the content so let's just say world travel early retirement etc and then google adwords mixed and matched all the titles and subtitles automatically showed me the click-through rate you didn't need a finished page that that anything went to. And that's how the four hour work week, the title got decided was it had by far the highest click through rate. And that book was turned down by 20, I want to say 29 publishers and then bought for a song and uh, it hit the slipstream. It, it did strike a chord. There was, there was some planning that went into that. And that kind of set off the publishing career and the the five books. Podcasting came into it because after the four hour chef, I was burned out. That was a huge project, a huge book. It was a very difficult book. And for each of my launches, I always ask, let's just say 12 or so of my close author friends, which tools are undervalued, but really punch above their weight class for launches. 
and which do people tell you are important but are not actually that important anymore and what had become very important or very impactful but were still neglected by publicists and most authors were podcasts so i i went on rogan i went on nerdist i went on mark Marin, etc for the four-hour chef uh, i guess it would have been just before that uh launch uh rogan i went on twice i think it might have been before the launch of that book and i at that point wanted to try something different instead of writing 800 page books so i i decided to launch the podcast this is in 2014 to get better at asking questions get rid of verbal tics and assumed that that would transfer to my book writing getting better at interviewing people even if the podcast failed and that's kind of important uh, because i try to stack projects so that even if they fail by an external measurement they succeed by other measurements of mine usually it's skill acquisition and relationship development and that's how it got started and now it's it's probably going to cross a billion downloads in the next few Whoa. months yeah 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 so pretty well how how long ago like in terms of timestamps? uh 2014 was when the wow. first episode launched yeah wow it's been a long time first episode is with kevin rose <laughs> what yeah yeah that was yeah, yeah. So that's full circle. Long I love time that. Ago. Yeah, I've known Kevin for a long time, very long time. Yeah, and I just saw you guys recorded again, and I was, I was, because I obviously follow both of y'all, and I, and I saw that he was saying that it ended up in like a huge three-hour conversation, or something. Yeah, um, it was fun. It was fun. We've been doing this for a very long time. So I've, I've known Kevin since two thousand seven. I want to say it was probably two thousand seven, and uh, he's always been a good partner in crime and supportive friend. So. Full circle. Yeah. First podcast ever was with Kevin Rose when I didn't even have a name for the podcast. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's funny. How, 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 uh, but, but you came up with something really innovative. I think uh, at the end of that process, it seems like yeah. the Tim Ferriss podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, went with, <laughs> I, I went with the plain Jane obvious answer. Like sometimes you just go with what's staring you in the face and you realize it's probably not the name that's going to make this show. <laughs> work or not so let me stop spending hours every day thinking about yeah. the name let me just pick something and go with it exactly and then the, the to answer your other question that i didn't touch on the angel investing that started in 2008 2007 2008 because i didn't want to be the four-hour work week guy forever and so i started i also had a personal interest i wanted to diversify my identity and try to develop skills in another area and that was angel investing so I was helping a friend lose weight and I said, I'll help you lose 30 pounds. If you just tell me about the deals that you're doing and explain why you're doing them and ultimately ended up co-investing with him with very small checks to learn the ropes, promptly made a bunch of mistakes and lost basically all my <laughs> money for investing. No. And uh, it happens. It happens. And they, but in the process, I, I should say, just like with the podcast later, I assumed I was going to lose all the money. So I went into it thinking, this is my grad school. This is my business school. My assumption is I'm going to lose all the money, but that the skills I will learn, the relationships I will build will be worth the cost of paying that tuition. That's how I went into it, which is how I do a lot of things. Uh, and then that led to everything else. I mean, the, you know, hundred plus startups later, here we are. And that continues wow. to this day. Yeah. I think, I think what you said there is, what you said there is like really interesting the idea that you do these things just to to 
um, well, not just to, but to they have such benefits of just meeting people, networking, learning new ideas. Like even us doing this this show every single day for the last two hundred plus days right now, like um, two hundred shows at least. It feels like I've learned so much just doing it, and you get to you get to speak to so many different people um, in fields that you just have no real knowledge of beforehand, and you just become a far smarter person. I think on on the back end as well, yeah. both in terms of um, totally. relationships and 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 kind of knowledge. I wanted to ask, like, do you have yeah. any do you have any favorite sh- shows? It's obviously one of the most popular podcasts in the world, but like, do you have any? If someone was to, hadn't haven't been listening to it and wanted to get a taste, like, what are the ones that you you look back on and think, wow, like those are my favorite? There, there are many. I'm not going to dodge the question. I'll give you a few. But it's so specific to what someone wants to dig into, right? So if they want an architect, great. If they want a chess prodigy, great. If they want to listen to overcoming adversity, great. If they want to talk to someone who's a trauma specialist, we've got that, right? But they're so different. It's kind of like, do you like bourbon or chocolate? And you're like, ah, I like both. Uh, so let me, together yeah, too, they me, go pretty well. Together. Actually, I did that last night. I got a little, I got a little, uh, I, I got a little interested in the bourbon and chocolate last night. Have you ever had, story. um? have you ever had <laughs> chocolate? It's going to sound weird, but I had that in like a, like a whole whiskey tasting thing, which was uh, chocolate with bacon in it. I, ha- I have had chocolate with bacon. I've also had donuts with bacon at Voodoo Donuts in, I think it was Portland. It might have been Seattle, which was surprisingly good, believe it or not. So, yes, yeah. I, have, I have had it. <laughs> uh, so, to come back to the episode question, I'll give people a, just a range. So, I would say for kind of profound life philosophy, there are quite a few. One that I think is neglected is an earlier episode with a doctor named BJ Miller, who is a hospice or was a hospice care physician. He's helped more than a thousand people to die. And that conversation, he also was electrocuted when he was in college and, and burned off three of his limbs. And yet he rides a motorcycle. So go, you know, this, he's, he's a, he's an amazing, amazing figure. And his lessons I think are, are really tremendous. So BJ Miller is one from the entertainment side, I mean, I, I would say the two of the most consummate performers I've had on, if you're interested in what a full spectrum entertainer can do and the breadth of talent, I would say Jamie Foxx and Hugh Jackman are very, very strong. And then I'll, I'll highlight one that is sort of relevant to my thinking right now and maybe of interest to people listening to this, who is Todd McFarlane. So Todd McFarlane is a legendary comic book artist. He was one of my childhood heroes. I had his artwork on my walls. And he's since gone on to co-found Image Comics, which is sort of the third biggest behind Marvel and, and DC now. He went on to create McFarlane Productions, McFarlane Toys, which is now a huge toy company. Fascinating guy. And from the standpoint of just creative process, entrepreneurship, taking no prisoners and in so many ways just giving zero fucks and doing lots of experiments he's really interesting and i just did a two part uh, a two part pair of interviews with him so i'd say those those come to mind uh for for a few and i'll add one more thing for people which is this this philosophy this guiding philosophy that i've used for so long which is you know how can i win even if this fails I want to give credit to someone who's fleshed this out a lot, who is Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. And he has 
a book called How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. Literally, that's the title, kind of the story of my life. So if you look up Scott Adams and How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big, I, I think that book contains a lot of examples from his, his life where he's he's done something along these lines. It really seems to work uh, over time. It may not work immediately, but over time it does. You just kind of gather you gather things. There's a video game called, uh, it's a, it, God, it was released a long time ago in the 90s called Katamari Damashi or Damashi in Japanese. Katamari Damashi. You're a prince with this little sticky yes. ball that you roll and you got to start with like paper clips and really small stuff. And as it gets bigger, then you roll up into like humans and this. And then you get to the point where you're rolling up mountains and then planets and stars. And I feel like that's how this let's call it career approach works. Like you're rolling stuff up. It can take a while to realize what you're doing, but over time you do get to a pretty big scale if you keep doing it. That is a pretty solid advice. Uh, if you ask me, <laughs> and yeah. definitely a lot of gems already on the show, which is super cool. I mean, it's tough. Like that, that's a tough question, man, though. Uh, who's your, your biggest guest or the favorite or the ones that, but we do remember though, the <laughs> ones that had impact in our lives. I feel that because we have been hosting this show for like what, since February, I'm closing in on two years of hosting every single day. It was December 2020, 2020. Yeah. Uh, and and there's a, there's, I do remember those moments that like where I know for a fact in that room, like something changed inside of me. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you just like feel it. Yeah. That's the thing. You have very, I think, I, I know what like, the most popular shows are on, on like the Tim Ferriss podcast, which are like the ones with Bolaji and, and those have been really popular over the last couple of years. But then I, and I remember even listening to that episode and, and both you and him both knew it had been the most popular show previously. But I know that from being a host of a show like this, it's not that you don't love the popular shows, but often you feel like there are so many overlooked shows where you get so much so much detail from, from different guests. Yeah. Um, and I knew like if you've been doing it for that long that you're going to have a you're gonna have a long list of people. Um, yeah. and, that, and most that you popular kind of respect. also doesn't necessarily mean best, right? Most popular could That's also mean you're just in the pocket of what's in the zeitgeist at the time, right? Bology is very smart and the episodes were solid, but they also were riding really expertly in his case, riding the wave of this exploding interest in Bitcoin crypto uh distributed systems and that wasn't accidental on my part and it was a good episode Uh, but there are other great episodes that did not have the advantage of being able to capitalize on trends like this bj miller episode which is more of a timeless episode maybe in its philosophical components Um, so i pay attention to the popular but i'll give you maybe this is helpful for folks in some way I remember looking back at a bunch of the popular episodes from 2020, maybe 2021, and a lot of them were crypto-related. And so there was pressure uh, from a few different directions to just double down on that. Let's do 10 more crypto episodes. And I said, no, we're not going to do that because the way the internet works is if you always double down on whatever is the most popular, you end up becoming an extreme caricature of yourself. And you end up very, very, very narrow. Um, so we decided not to do that. Even though it would have been very predictable, it would have meant more money in terms of sponsorship revenue. But I very deliberately decided not to do that. I actually want to talk to you about this for a second. And then I want to segue into crypto and 
you know, your 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 how you know you got into everything. Obviously, you've talked to Balaji and a lot of great people, and then later we'll dive into Cock Punch and NFTs in, in the future. But I want to talk a little more about podcasting. Obviously, something that we're very uh, close to, uh, especially running a media company such as Rug Radio. Um, and can I want to ask you, like, what are some you know some of the you know the guess biggest advice that you have for creators? I mean, you we've seen over the last you're in, especially in the spare market, a lot of people went to creating content, right? I mean, not yep. much else to do. We're not going to lie. I mean, you're, you're home, you love the space and, and I've seen it explode. Like we've been hosting for a long time. I've never seen more Twitter spaces, hosts, creators, people with a large audience and people really focusing on content and media, especially going into the next year. I think media is going to have an ext- massive boom in 2023 in the crypto web three space. What are some piece of advice that you have for people like i mean myself mando osef but also like the, you know some smaller creators that are listening to you and that really want to learn how to properly run a show a podcast because i'm sure you've made plenty of mistakes along the way just like yeah. we do which is like we just did this morning you know it's little slip-ups <laughs> i'm kidding but it's uh you know it's uh what are some of the things that you've you know caught on to because a billion downloads that's no luck yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> I did have the advantage of starting when I did, meaning it was less crowded, right? So I do think once you get yeah. a toehold in some critical mass, it's a lot easier to stay up there, but it's not a foregone conclusion. You have to put in the work and it has to stand on its own two feet. Uh, if you want to hear, in my opinion, the best podcast out there, it's it's a very particular format, but Hardcore History, I think, is is still one of the greatest podcasts of all time. And it broke all the rules, right? It, it was the longest it took six to nine months to do a single episode and get it out. I still think that Dan Carlin is, is tremendous. I interviewed him on the podcast too, but that's a side note. So some of my lessons, I I don't want to say this is advice for everybody because I don't know their circumstances, but what I think generally apply pretty well. So the first is advice that I got from Andrew Zimmern, who's an amazing television producer and host He's done a lot of television, won all sorts of awards, very smart guy. And he said, he told the story of doing his show and the first episode and making a bunch of critical decisions because who you pretend to be in that episode or who you act as is what you're going to have to be for the rest of the show's life if it's successful. So be really careful who you pretend to be be really careful about the mask you wear because that will become you especially if the show has any degree of success this comes back to my decision not to do a ton of crypto after i had a number of episodes that were huge huge right Bology and the, the christics and the uh, naval episode huge episodes uh but every once in a while i'm just pausing and saying let me try something else so i'm glad for example that you guys tried the video even with the glitches because you're taking something that's working but running an experiment. I think it's really critical to do that because you'll become a caricature of yourself if you, if you don't run some of these countervailing experiments. <clears throat> Second thing I'd say, choose a format where you will be excited enough to have endurance. So choose a format yeah. that will give you energy or at least not overly deplete you. So in the case of podcasts, I've seen many people try to create this American life. They're like, yes, great. I love this American life. I'm going to make a podcast like that. And my, the first thing I say to them is, number one, probably don't do that. 
Uh, number two, if you think you want to do it, go listen to the credits of that show. There's a reason they have like 30 people working on that minimum. <laughs> it is a stupid amount of work. And if you're, if you're going to try that, I predict you're going to quit after three episodes. It's going to be too much work. It's going to take over your life. And if they ignore that, actually in 100% of the cases so far, they underestimate the complexity. They try to do it and it, it destroys their <laughs> uh, life in the sense that it, it consumes it and they quit. So pick a format that you can stick with. That was, that was very critical to me with my podcast in the beginning that I make certain decisions about format, about the degree of editing, the, the types of rules we would have and policies we would, rule, we, we, we would have, which apply, by the way, not just to the creative side, but to the business side and sponsors and so on. Like we never do net payment terms. Uh, it, it creates a monster from a complexity perspective to have sponsors with payment terms. Like everybody pays up front and they always have, that's it. Like you want a sponsor, yeah. you pay up front. As soon as yeah. you have net terms, as soon as you have accounting systems with added variables, it's going to add a degree of overhead that is really easy to underestimate. So uh, other thoughts in no particular order uh, would be, Try to experiment in different lanes when possible. Uh, so, for instance, right in this, in I'll just I'll just use this show as an example. So, you've got Rug Radio. Right now, we're focused on Web three, and if you develop a and and you may already have this, but like if you have a core audience who is interested in you, not just because of the subject matter, but because of the way you run a show because of the humor because of the personalities every once in a while try something that has nothing to do with web3 right try something that is outside of that box so that you can diversify your identities and test the waters to see if you can give yourself permission permission to expand into other areas and that is part of the reason why with my podcast i'm not saying this is the right decision there are other shows that have done spectacularly well invisibility hidden brain. I mean, there are a million of them that are more specific in their naming. But in my case, the Tim Ferriss show is really clear. It's about, it's, it's largely about whatever I want to explore. And so that's given me the ability to go from, at least in the beginning, it was focused on, let's just say productivity and building businesses, broadly speaking, entrepreneurship. Now I can talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Right. And that's very important coming back to one of my earlier points for endurance and longevity. I have to ensure on some level that there are means for energizing me. Now you might get that from somewhere else. Maybe you get that from another facet of your life, but if you're going to be spending a lot of time on it, it's, it's very helpful to have an intake valve of some type for, for energy that feeds into the system, uh, which yeah, I know we'll get to this at some point, so I'm not in a rush, but that's, that's one of the main drivers for say, art fiction in the form of cock punch is it is a massive turbocharge intake for energy that I can allocate to that project and allocate to other things, including the podcast. The fact that I had Todd McFarlane on it is not an accident, right? I'm talking to Todd McFarlane because he's a creative genius and artist who's also built a bunch of businesses. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> and so it, it, you can build this puzzle in a sense uh, with pieces that feed into one another. Um, so those are, those are a few thoughts for creators. Uh, one last one 
and hopefully I'm not going too long, but one more. No, this is perfect. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. So one more for folks, as I would say, every few years I come back and I say this, I'll say it again. Email is not going anywhere anytime soon. You really want, it doesn't have to be email, but you want to have at least one method for speaking to your audience, to your customers, to your fill in the blank, whoever it is you're interacting with, who form the other side of the equation in your content, in your business, whatever it might be. You need a way to communicate with those people that is not completely owned by a platform. I highly recommend that because I've just seen, I've seen Vine disappear. I've seen people put mm-hmm. everything into Snap and then for, for whatever reason that might fall out of favor. I've seen people, even on a platform, put all their energy into a specific facet of, say, a feature. And it can work. I'm not saying it can't work, but I know of people who built huge businesses on Facebook pages and then boom, their organic reach got throttled and then it's game over, right? So it makes me feel better as someone who maybe runs a little paranoid and thinks about worst case scenarios a lot to own a channel of communication, right? That could be a blog built on an open source platform like WordPress, for instance. My blog has always been on WordPress so that even if I'm working with a service provider, and I do, I'm on enterprise with Automatic, if something goes wrong, I can grab that, port it over to something else very quickly, right? And I'm, a blog makes me sound uh, very old-fashioned. I understand that. Email also makes me sound very old-fashioned. But I, I am very hard to kill by algorithm. It's very hard to kill me by algorithm. But a lot of people out there can easily be yep. professionally by algorithm. So just just consider that. Consider that. That that's that's probably the. I mean, you just went on. I'm so glad I ended up asking this question just now because we just got just people that are already quoting you on on Twitter and timeline stuff. I'm trying to share everything, but some of the things you said are are, are so good. I mean, especially I, I saw Mika tweeted who you pretend to be or who you act as during the podcast show is who you will have to be throughout the whole show. And especially the last piece about not being sucked into one algorithm and one platform. I mean, this yep. is important. That's why you want to be across platforms. And also we saw it the other day. Actually, Tim, the reason why we moved to video and audio at the same time because last Friday, Spaces was down. Remember, yeah. you know, they had to pull it back because there was a glitch that Elon found out about. And so they, they pulled it. So we were like, well, do we cancel the show or do we do it in another medium? I'm like, well, we're not canceling the show. Yeah. Right. Especially yeah. if you have sponsors involved too, you're not gonna cancel a show. Sorry, sponsor. Um, we're we don't have the platform. What? No. Right. Yeah. So, um, you definitely keep it going. I love the advice on like the upfront payments, your terms. There's certain terms I have to go through, or else it's a headache in the back. This is how we do it. Um, and uh, and it's even easier with the blockchain. So it yeah. uh, makes it be- easier, faster, transparent, and everything. Which leads to to the next to segue into the next part of this interview that we wanted to talk to you about is all things crypto nfts tim i mean wh- when did you get into crypto yeah i initially got into it i owe i owe kevin rose full credit for this uh, i initially got into crypto interested in crypto end of 2012 very very early 2013 so that would have been my entrance into bitcoin and then ethereum would have followed shortly after that and then i i got very much more involved in crypto around uh, between 2015 2017 and then i 
I should say, maybe this is a parallel for folks. So I ended up putting quite a bit in for me into various forms of crypto. Uh, I can't remember exactly when this was, but potentially uh, early 2017. And then things cratered tremendously shortly thereafter. And I didn't sell. The reasons for not selling were uh, my assumptions and my theses going into it, which were informed by my friends largely, had not changed, right? In other words, even though the price had gone down, the underlying tenets that led to, I shouldn't say tenets, that makes it sound too objective, the underlying assumptions that led to the decision were still valid in my mind, so I didn't change anything, um, that, which, which may be relevant to folks now. I'm not saying don't sell, by the way, because shit's crazy. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the NFTs then came in. Uh, so NFTs initially, I had chatted with on the podcast with Katie Hahn, who at the time was at A16Z, so at Andreessen Horowitz. Mm. And I'd also been chatting with other folks, friends, predominantly artists, musicians about NFTs, but the first person to really get me to roll up my sleeves and get wallets and walk through the process of buying an NFT was Kevin once again. And yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's done that for many people, I feel. Yeah. I think Gary has a yeah. similar story yeah. with uh, yeah. with Kevin. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Kevin is uh, – he's – Kevin, a lot of people don't realize Kevin's quite technical. Uh, he's, he's self-taught and quite technical. So he can – he interacts with a lot of technology that you may not expect someone who is not known as a computer scientist to interact with. He's, he's surprisingly technical. Uh, and he's goofy and he, he has fun and he's he's a jokester. So uh, people may underestimate just how technical he is. But he walked me through it. So that would have been early 2021. And then uh, I was kind of off to the races with, with NFTs. And I'm not new to art. So I have art all over my house. It's not expensive art. It's, it's mostly art I just think is beautiful. And I've got it all over the place. So I'm not a stranger to art. I was an illustrator in college and have always wanted to return to that. So I illustrated books and magazines and so on. That was, that was my gig. Uh, And NFTs were uh, for me interesting because it was a, a, it was a convenient muggle on ramp into web three and blockchain. Uh, So I found it very interesting from that perspective. I was like, okay, this is a gateway drug that on some level, can be understood by the normies and the mainstream. This should be very interesting. At the very least, I want to watch this. And to watch it from an informed perspective, I kind of have to get in there and play around. And uh, then I just started interacting with all, all sorts of folks, the, you know, the, the, the art blocks folks, uh, getting uh, having interaction with people who are members of various DAOs like Flamingo and many others, and just watching. Right? watching the space, but having like one foot on the playing field so that I could have at least some understanding of what the promise and friction points were within the entire ecosystem. Uh, some of them, right? I'm not, I wasn't spending full time on this, but uh, early 2021 is when a lot of that started. Wow. Like, like us. I mean, yeah. all three of us, actually, Amanda, Osef, and I, uh, we got into it. I got in, I found out when FT was February 18th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so early 21. I think the boys are similar to me around February, right? You guys are Mar- early March, February too, I think? January, yeah. January, January. Oh, hold on. I think well, OV, Orlando, yeah. your, your phone, one of your phones is close to the mic, but it's fine. Uh, but anyways, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, we all found out about it. It was around that time that, I mean, a lot of the people that are even listening to us right now um, found out about it, and it's just been absolutely insane sense and then so which 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 leads which leads uh you know uh obviously uh everything uh all of this all of the backstory all of the you know of of, of tim and the podcast and and you getting into crypto and kevin rose teaching you about it and and uh and you mentioned katie hahn uh which now uh even mando sent a message in the group right away he's like we need to have this person on the show <laughs> Because, like, obviously sounds fascinating, uh, obviously. Uh, I like the Hearst. Uh, 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 she's got a Hearst uh, profile banner uh, uh, going on, the, the NFT, actually. But uh, but it's, a, it's super cool. So all of this leads to, obviously, the Legend of Cock Punch, which, is, uh, which, is, uh, which has been a recent uh, release. Congratulations, by the way, Tim, uh, on, on the success, because obviously it is a success. It's sold out, and it's, it's, uh, it's holding up really well. Uh, I'm going to start sharing my screen in a second if you're watching uh, us live to, to show some things. Um, on that front here, uh, so I'm showing just the OpenSea page and the, and the artwork on it and whatnot. Uh, it's done about it's done about 5,500 ETH in volume, uh, 5,555 uh, units, um, and uh, the floor price is around uh, 0.64 ETH right now with uh, 2,800, so 50% uh, individual uh, holders is really good. I mean, Tim, talk to us about the legend of Cock Punch. I mean, le- <laughs> typical question. I'll ask the stupid questions here. What is what is the legend of Cock Punch? Yeah, the legend of cock punch. And I love uh, saying it. I love yeah, saying the legend yeah, of yeah. cock punch. I'm I'm actually really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have yet to have a single person forget the name of the project. <laughs> so yeah, there's no way. Yeah. But you gotta have a unique yeah. name. Like you can't yeah. forget rug radio in the in the yeah. in the crypto space, right? So it's yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. cock punch, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Names 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 can be helpful. So uh, <laughs> so cock punch is really uh, I'd say a number of things came together for me. One is I really wanted to do fiction. And I'd been meaning to delve into fiction writing for a long time, but I, I could never quite justify it. So I, 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 it was hard for me to make the space to work on something that only I was going to read. But then like putting, putting it on the blog wasn't that exciting to me. And I was also writing short stories. So I, I started playing around with that. The first NFT I ever put out actually, How to Start a War, was done through proof and grails it was in season one of grails yeah. and uh, th- those have held up i think surprisingly well and that was interesting to me it was an experiment people resonated with it uh, that story is actually uh, the freakiest part of that story is that most of it is true <laughs> so if people read that it'll it'll really uh, make their eyes open but the the fiction was something I really wanted to unlock for myself. I, I expected that was going to open a wellspring of energy for me to take off some of the restrictions that would be applied to nonfiction, right? Fiction is a literature of fact. You have to do, you should do a lot of research, do a lot of triple checking and <clears throat> to take off some of the limitations and engage with fiction is something I really wanted to do. Secondly, artwork, right? So I wanted to do something with art. And thirdly, I wanted to raise money for research into treatments for, say, complex PTSD, treatment-resistant depression, et cetera. So I've suffered from uh, extended treatment-resistant depression my entire life. And this is congenital. I see it in my family. I have a lot of addiction in my family. So 
uncle died of alcohol-induced cardiomyopathy, aunt died of Percocet plus alcohol, best friend, I know that's not family, but best friend growing up died of a fentanyl overdose. Oh, no. So, yeah, so there's- I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. Sorry to hear that. So, so, so there's this background, and there are these tools, mostly, at least from what I focused on, it's not exclusively what I, I focus on through my foundation, but a lot of what I focused on are, are psychedelic assisted therapies, Uh, or really basic research into psychedelic compounds, how they work, and uh, often with advanced imaging and so on. Uh, So the many years ago, I know this is going to require a little bit of context, but many years ago, I wanted to do a fundraiser with contemporary art. And so I do know some people in the traditional art world, and I wanted to try to get some pieces. I know this is ambitious, but say from uh, David Hockney, right? He's one of my favorite artists. And uh, that is great. To, I want to try to get pieces from a number of these iconic trad artists to do an auction of some type for charity. It didn't necessarily have to go to me. In fact, in the in meaning to my charity, to my foundation at the time, I was hoping it would raise directly for Johns Hopkins Medical and a few others. That proved to be very, very difficult. Just trying to wedge yourself into that black box that is traditional art and to develop those relationships is very challenging for a host of reasons. So I didn't end up doing that. And then I thought, well, with NFTs, maybe I could do an equivalent, but something like crypto for consciousness. And uh, then I tabled that because it also proved to be a bit of a headache at the time. I was looking at different options technically for doing that. Flash forward, I want to do fiction. I want to do art. I want to make my own art. And I want to try to take on fictional world building. Uh, then I realized, wait a second, I could actually try to raise money for Saisei Foundation is the name of, of my foundation. It's a you know, 501c3 private foundation, blah, blah, blah. It's all, this is all monitored by the government. Trust me, folks. <laughs> so some of, the, <laughs> some of the conspiracy theories I've seen out there are pretty hilarious. Um, um, you know, once the, the NFTs came out, <laughs> people are like, he's going to take all the money and run to Bermuda and buy a Lamborghini. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? All this is... <laughs> is tracked very closely. Wait, you're not calling from Bermuda? Because we did I, see you on video for a second, Tim. You were, you were, you know. That's true. I was not, yeah, I'm not in Bermuda. I'm not in a, I'm not in a sidecar where uh, SBF is on a motorcycle next to me. Although, yeah, it might, might be hard to, might be hard to steer that motorcycle with handcuffs on in his case. But the, the, uh, the, the point being, uh, Cock Punch came about to do a few things, give me energy, allow me to unlock hopefully a lot of creativity to do something totally, totally different. And, uh, and the reason I want to do something totally different is number one, whenever I become the such and such guy, I try to do something different in case I'm getting pigeonholed, right? So it's good to be the such and such person for a while. Because that means people have some consistent association slash brand in their minds, right? So being the four hour mm-hmm. work week guy was great for a while. I don't want to be that forever. So then I changed it, right? I started experimenting with other book formats. Then once I was like the book guy, the four hour guy, I was like, well, let me, let me experiment with something else, the podcast, right? So now mostly I'm the podcast guy. And I was like, all right, I want to try something new and see if I can shake up the snow globe a little bit. And also Stephen Pressfield, who's, who's a very well-known novelist has, has written a number of uh, extremely, 
exceptional screenplays for movies that have become hits and things like that. He also wrote The War of Art. And he gave me advice in 2021, because we were talking about fiction, even then. And he said, uh, the muse gets pissed off if you don't do something big. Like if you want to try to dance with the muse and create something, the muse gets pissed off. It upsets her if you aim too small. But big doesn't mean that it has to be a 800 page book. Big just means that when you do it, friends reach out to you and say, Tim, are you okay? Did something happen? Is everything all right? And uh, so, so that's a long answer to like the legend of cock punch is the combination of all of those things. And it's worked. It's worked. Like I it's have working. Yeah. So, so how many people asked you if you were okay during this during this process? Oh, quite a few people. I mean, even friends of mine were like, "Did your account? Get, you know, did your Twitter account get hacked? Uh, did, like, what's happening?" <laughs> it was very funny uh, because it, it really came out of left field, and I'm so protective of a lot of the details. I didn't tell anyone the name mm. of the, the real name of this project. Uh, for uh, until the eleventh hour, until the right before the thing went out, and uh, so it worked. Yeah, people were like, "What the hell?" And even when it came out, you know, there was all this, uh, all this, uh, you know, all this fear, uncertainty, and doubt. The fud, good old fud. Um, that's classic, but, though, Tim. That's oh, like know, you, you're that's, not allowed to come into the space without fud. Yeah, that's just the the water you swim in here. We could talk about that. So I put out a tweet when uh, when it was all going down. I put "Time flies when you're having fun." I put that out. Oh, um, just that's, because, a, that's <laughs> a good. Oh my god! Because, hold on. Oh my god! I got a good one for that. There yeah, you go. A little late. Yeah, Better late than go. never. That works. <laughs> so, uh, so and when I say it's worked, right? It's worked. Yes, it raised almost two million dollars for the foundation, and that's like everything immediately went to the foundation, and uh, a bunch has already gone to a couple of grant recipients, like uh, some projects at John Hopkins Medical. So that's cool. Uh, I feel good about that, but but primarily by it working, I mean that I am waking up with excess battery which I haven't felt in a really long time. Like I have fully charged batteries to do interesting things when I wake up. And that is the prerequisite for everything else. Like without that, like forget about time management, forget about even though it's more important, attention management on some level. Like if you really want to go down to the fundamental level, it's energy management. So I'm paying attention to that. Yeah, this is a, uh, this is dude, I'm really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying this podcast. It's almost like we have a professional on the other side being interviewed. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, I wanted to also like, Go ahead, man. Now, you, now you have yourself set up. So it's obviously this, this IP that you're building. Is it just you? You've obviously, you said you had this, this um, uh, like you've been speaking to people in the industry, you've had them on the show. Um, are you assembling a team around you? Or are you setting a team of Avengers? Or is, is it, are you going to be the leading force behind the, kind of the, the IP? Um, and yeah, I know the other thing with the, that was like was the fun about was this concept that you were very honest at the start and said, you know. Um, oh yeah, where's that sentence? We got to find it again. That was a good one. We liked know, you, it, by the you, way, you, on the you show. Might get, you might get bored <laughs> and change it. I think that's something that the NFT space hasn't really wrestled with, this concept of like infinite liability for creative processes. <laughs> so yeah. I just, yeah, I just didn't know your thought around that I thought was like quite unique. Um, I loved yeah. it. Uh, and, yeah. and at least was op- open from the start. 
Um, I don't yeah. think I don't think the NFT space in general, because obviously it's this collectibles market, and there's this idea that things get more valuable with time. Like that's what they're trying to replicate. So the idea that somehow if if you moved away from it, that that doesn't. But that Web three is about a bit more than that. It's about building IP, building businesses, and that can that can rise and fall, and also have collectible value. So I, I thought it was very honest. Um, but yeah, just both both those things. So the team around you, and also your your vision for the medium term, and and how you think about that in infinite liability. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me try to tackle this <laughs> from a few different directions. I would say for me, when I was considering doing this, my friends who have done this before, I'm not going to mention them by name, but I mean, I, I, I'm able to co- get in contact with a lot of people who do a lot of things. So I spoke to people who launched these projects and a lot of the feedback I got was <laughs> something along the lines of no matter how much money you generate with this, you're going to spend it all on therapy because this space is so unforgiving. Right. Like if anybody buys anything, they expect you to be their slave for life and to work on something until the day you die to make them free money, basically. And that's that's a slightly exaggerated way to put it, but not very exaggerated. And I wanted to, therefore, set expectations at zero largely from the very beginning. And I made a few exceptions, but in the FAQ and on the mid page and everywhere, the conversations I had, I said, this is for entertainment guys. So treat it as basically a perishable good. And if you're interested in having front row seats and some skin in the game in real time creation of a fantasy world, then great. And you can view it as a perishable entertainment uh, opportunity like going to theater two or three times or going to Disneyland uh, a couple of times, something like that, where you don't get back from Disneyland and you're like, what is this going to be worth to me six months, 12 months from now? No, you have the memories, you have the entertainment, you have the experience itself. That's how I wanted to, to sell it. So I, I did say, as you guys noted, that uh, if I if if I get bored, if I have to deal with dicks on the internet I, all day long, I found it. I found yeah. it. I found it. I, I'm going to read it to you. It was great. By the way, we, we really enjoyed it uh, when we first found out about it and we saw it uh, on the show. Mando and I had a conversation about it. It says, not to beat a dead horse, but I've seen some craziness in Web3. This space can be really insane. So to cover my ass, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm reserving the right to move on at any point when this is no longer fun with no advance notice or explanation. I, it buy a cock punch NFT, you are accepting that possibility. It may happen a month or six months or a year, but eventually I'll move on. So please be sure to buy for the art and stories described in the FAQ, folks. And so, and so I, I genuinely thought that was great, Tim. Uh, let's be honest. We 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 were very deep in the trenches of the run of 2021 in NFTs on the stage, and so yep. I appreciate the honesty. I yeah, wish almost right. like most of the founders would have been that honest with me uh, before uh, uh, my ETH evaporating. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, see, uh, because let's be honest. It's I, I think the vast majority of projects, not all, but the vast majority of projects overpromise. They overpromise. In some cases, they make promises they cannot possibly deliver. And I think that's unethical. I think it's unethical. Uh, and yes, caveat emptor, you need to do your own diligence. And uh, on some level, it's like if you sign up for every ride to free money, believing all the promises, shame on you. I do think that, right? It's not all on one side. But 
in my case, I wanted to do what I could to say, I'm not promising any future value or utility uh, in these NFTs. Does that mean they will be worthless? No, it doesn't automatically mean that. But uh, you know, the, you know, the, as an example, the 4-Hour Workweek is still one of the best-selling books on Amazon. It's still trending at retail at Barnes & Noble. Right now, it's on an end cap. I didn't have anything to do with that. The book is just selling. I have not had to do an interview for the 4-Hour Workweek in more than a decade. Uh, so the point is you can create things, and my goal is always to try to create things that have some type of some type of escape velocity, some type of self-sustaining aspect or aspects. And so I'm thinking about that in terms of medium term, what I want to do with this right now, it's because really it's easy to forget because it's, it's felt like nine months. I'm sure you guys know how this is. Uh, This came out two weeks ago. It feels like it's been nine months uh, for a lot of reasons, but uh, my, goal is to deliver on what I did promise, and that is fiction, podcast, world building. And it's very easy to get pulled away from your core highest leverage area to the shiny stuff, the new toys, the distractions, the marketing, you know, I, can I stick this, can I make cock punch lunch boxes? Right. And it's, it's not to say I'll never do any of that stuff. I think that could potentially be fun. But right now, I have some promises to deliver, and I take my commitments extremely seriously. Anyone you could talk to, one of my close friends, would tell you this about me. I take my commitments very, very fucking seriously, which is why I also get very annoyed with people if they make commitments and they break them. It drives me fucking crazy. So to that point, today, it's like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to be working on editing, writing for several hours today. Like That is where my time is best spent because I will say this too what I feel like I've been doing so far is working beyond my expectations people are enjoying it people are beginning to get tribal affiliation and pay attention to their houses and what I've noticed for instance you know with each secondary transaction I'm getting closer to the community that I want and that's actually a, a, a phrase that I'm borrowing from somebody else who pointed this out. What people are starting to do is as they learn the lore, the histories of these various greater houses, they're beginning to buy characters in other houses. That is what is happening. As far as I can tell, I don't have a granular level of analytics. Uh, I suppose I could, if I really wanted to give myself brain damage, I could probably use uh, (laughs) platforms to look at wallet behavior and so on. But, but what I am noticing from observing chatter on Twitter and elsewhere is that people are saying, I have this particular house. Now I know, let's just say that this house, which is house Amekala, who are the masters of blades, this house has a particular alliance with house Kovoth, which are the berserkers who have this natural resource called Everfire. Okay, I have someone from House Amekawa. I want to make sure I have someone mm. from House Kavoth. I want to have a Kavothian, and they go out and they buy a Kavothian. That's what's happening. So, it, where do you it, see? Where, so I'm on yeah. the I'm I'm sharing screen at the same time, just because I want to show people, like for the people who are on video. Um, where do I? So I'm in the I'm in the tab where it's like the the um, what's it called? Pr- 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 properties. Properties. Uh, yeah. 
So, and, uh, and so which, where do you see the houses? Yeah. So if you go to search by name or attribute, uh, it's called clan on open. Oh, clan. I see it. Open... I see it. The eight yep. clans. Yeah. Yeah. And so when this came out, I didn't want to spoil the surprise, which is part of the reason why I'm not talking about my specific future plans, because the surprise is part of the payoff, right? The surprise, the anti-roadmap is part of the payoff. You don't want to sit down to watch three hours of Avatar and have them show you the last five minutes in advance. That fucks oh. up the movie, right? Hell so, yeah. So right now, for instance, on Clan, you see Berserker, Cleric, Forest Elf, High Elf, Master of Blade, which should be Master of Blades, but that's okay. Pirate, Shaman, etc. Wizard. And then it goes into balls. <laughs> uh, so you got to keep it fun for yourself, folks. Got to keep it fun for yourself. Uh, and then, and then when the podcast came out, that's when I started to describe how these clans corresponded to the greater houses, right? So the berserkers are House Kavoff. The clerics have their own house. The forest elves have their own house, and so on. And I think we're about halfway through putting out the houses on the podcast and the podcast when it came out because i understand podcasts right and actually this might be a point that's helpful for folks too i'll just explain this for a second you when you try something new let's just call that your weakness you're trying something new that is a weakness you don't have to do it in isolation and in fact i try to take something new whenever i'm operating from a place of let's just say weakness to try to pair it with a strength when i can in the beginning uh, I think one of the mistakes, perhaps, that some people make in Web3 is because they're launching something in Web3, they think they have to do everything in Web3. Does that make sense? It's like they try yeah. to innovate, they try to market, they try to do everything in the most Web3 way possible. And while I understand, in some cases, the appeal of the ideology driving that and the values driving that, I think a lot of people handicap themselves. So in my case... I put out the podcast because I understand podcasts. I have one of the largest interview podcasts mm -hmm. in the world. I can cross promote with that to another podcast very easily. And, but if I, if I'm being honest, what percentage of my audience have Ethereum wallets? I don't know. 0.01%. Maybe it's a very, very small percentage, but I can get them to another podcast, which is why the legend of cock punch, the podcast when it came out ended up going to, number one fiction immediately of all, sort of all podcasts on Apple podcasts globally. And it ended up in the top 50 or 60 uh, wow. overall. And it didn't stay there forever. I didn't expect that. But what I did expect is that I could get it to the top 60, use that as a launch PR point, use that to get additional listeners. And uh, there would be leverage in that accomplishment in and of itself. So, so those are maybe a few of the, a few of the thoughts behind how I am approaching things. But right now, for yeah, give an anecdote. You guys will love this, or I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't assume you're going to love it, but I think some people will find it amusing. I think on the time scale of, uh, I would like I mentioned, two week experiments, six month projects. But my goal with six-month projects is very often to build something that can perpetuate for a, a good deal longer, right? When this project minted, the 7th, okay, then the reveal is on the 9th of December. I want to say it was on the 8th. I saw a tweet from somebody who's like, 
I did my part. I bought one of these NFTs. What are you doing on the project side? There are no updates. There's no this. There's no that. Do they even give you 24 hours. Yeah, I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, have you skipped your Adderall this morning? Like, relax. <laughs> for, fuck. like, for fuck's sake. It's so short term, right? It's so short term. And here's what I'll say also. It's like, if you're going to be, if you want to be an investor, and I do not sell these, I did not sell these, I never sold these as an investment. There was a FAQ question, which was, should I view these as an investment? And I think my first line was, no, no, please, God, no. All right. Yeah. But if you want to be a good investor, my experience is you have to have a very clear idea on what your time frames are, and you have to have a competitive advantage. That could be analytical competitive advantage. It could be a uh, it could be a a a a personality or behavioral competitive advantage, right? If you can stomach things that other people can't stomach. And there, there are other types of execution advantage, let's just say in the case of high frequency traders as, as described by Michael Lewis in one of his mm-hmm. books, you need an advantage. But if you come in and you are scattered, you don't have a time frame within which you are specializing, you're going to get your face ripped off. So if you want to be the world's best day trader and flip things for 0.01 ETH gains on minimal platform fees, uh, I'm sorry, minimal fee platforms, okay, that's fine. That's a fair game. But like, focus on that and be the best at that. If you're going to focus on trying to invest in things with longer term value, focus on that. But when, unless you are already exceptional, top 1% at something, if you start scattering your time horizons all over the place, you're ju- you're gonna get your face ripped off. So that would just be a general comment, and this applies yeah. to also just about every type of uh, asset class that I can think of. So, so uh, that's that's just a, a general general commentary because I see people operating in this very impulsive way with no clear definitions for themselves. Uh, like what their stakes are, what their rules are for entering and exiting positions. Uh, there's there's very little forethought, right? They're following the chatter and just getting swept one way or another based on whichever wi- direction the winds are coming from. You're going to lose all your money doing that. Yeah, this this is something that I said very good. actually when even even when I first heard that statement that you made is that I I really like it if crypto wasn't just oh my god it went down who scammed me it's like right oh, oh you're rugged you're rugged the, the the floor is down it's, it's a rug it's yeah. like yeah just yeah. take i think crypto you have to take ownership of your actions in this space and that's one of the first thing i said even when i saw that statement is that like it, we've got to have it like this concept that you just blindly follow people into buying things no like crypto especially just own what you're doing every single time like if you're going to buy something buy it if you're going to flip it flip it like if you're going to sell it sell it just do not if it doesn't work out for you it's not somebody else's somebody else's fault you need to understand the rules of engagement when you come into a space like this um and too often i think people are are coming in here like you know like i'm gonna have some fun and i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna treat like a casino and then they get they get upset when it doesn't quite work out for them um 
and yeah. yeah, I just think I think that's that's a hundred percent. And you need to have more um, more ownership, and it's refreshing, I think, to 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 actually treat this space like that as well. Yeah, and let me let me say something too, which is, I'm saying all this stuff to myself, right? I made some decisions in the last year that cost me a stunning, I mean, stunning amounts of money yeah. for me personally, right? I mean, I've lost a lot of money in the last year. Some of it has been realized losses. A lot, a lot of it is unrealized losses, but nonetheless, I mean, I made some overconfident slash rash decisions that have been very expensive. So I'm saying this to myself Mm -hmm. and I, for instance, I will almost certainly reread extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. So former Navy SEAL commander, I recommend everybody read extreme ownership. You will be a happier person if you take more responsibility why is that because when you take more responsibility you are you are assuming that you have greater agency you are not just a piece of driftwood being thrown around in the world you can actually direct your course so those things go together right it is and i would phrase it perhaps another way which is if you do not have extreme ownership and I'm saying this to myself, right? I'm going to be revisiting this stuff for 2023. I, I view this as the bedrock of, in some ways, mental health. If you do not have extreme ownership, your life, your day-to-day emotional state is going to be FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And that's a shitty way to live. That is not a way to be happy. That is not a way to be joyful. That is not a way to be content. That is not a way to be grateful about anything. So... For all of those reasons and many more, I will be revisiting Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. I'll be reading a few other books. There's another one called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. I'll be reading both of these again, and I highly recommend both to, to everybody who wants to take not just more responsibility, because that sounds like a punishment, to take more ownership and agency of the path that they have in their lives. And it is empowering first and foremost. This is, this, is, this is so true. I mean, it's something we've seen a lot in the space. Uh, I think obviously it goes both ways, Tim, but I, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's really like in this space specifically what Mando just touched on is, is, is an extremely, uh, extremely important point in my opinion. I mean, I know you said that you don't really talk about the future, but look, you did say, listen, <laughs> open new door, six months, so, so everybody knows, June 7th, 2023, cock punch is rugging, uh, you have came- <laughs> 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 I waited a whole ten minutes to drop this one, but uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm playing. But I like that you said that you like to build things that even that end up lasting beyond you. I think yeah. that was a very interesting point. You said that for our work week, that still that still is my dream with what we're building with Rug Radio is that obviously in fifty years I may not be working on it, but I certainly hope that it still exists. Because yeah. I want the network, and especially in this space, which you can actually build a decentralized ecosystem or through DAOs and whatnot, where everybody's a network participant, right? Just like Ethereum, right? Still exists without needing, like Vitalik goes tomorrow. I'd like to think that we can still build this, right? So yep. it's uh, it's very interesting the way it's almost like you want to build something out over the next six months to a point where it gets bigger than Tim Ferriss. And then it can just have a life of its own. Yeah, and I feel like, at least for me, it's helpful to ask, like, okay, what can I do? to make this really stick, right? To have this, and I, let me give a caveat first, right? I, I have, <laughs> I know you're just joking, but I don't have any plan. I don't have an exit date for this, right? For me, I don't have that right now. I, I'm having fun. 
I'm going to continue playing with it. But, uh, yeah, you know, could I leave? Yeah, I've said all the things I've already said. So you can go back and read what I gave as the disclaimers. Those are all still true. But I'm having fun, a lot more fun than I expected, frankly, because a lot of my friends said, enjoy the creative part before yeah. it launches, because that's the fun part. And once you get out of that, it's just like ungrateful cunts who are going to yell at you all day. So I was kind of expecting it to to have a pretty sharp drop off in terms of my enthusiasm. I'm still having a lot of fun. And uh, the I, I'm also having a lot of fun blocking people. It's great. It's like, yeah, no, it's, try it's, the it's mute like, button. Yeah. It's more yeah, fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, mute. I want them to know. I want them to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. So it's really literally a cock punch. Yeah, yeah, they get cock blocked on Twitter. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, I did see that you have the blue balls trait too, so you're giving me all of that. So blue balls. So, so I do. I do like to ask though. You know what? What could I do Mm -hmm. where this would continue to be a conversation, continue to be interesting, even if I stopped working on it in six months or a year? Mm -hmm. And this, this is. This is a question you should ask, even if you don't have, even if you have the intention of working on something for 20 years, right? There's a book, for instance, called Built to Sell by John Warlow, and it's how to structure your business so that it can be sold. Even if you don't want to sell your business, you should read that book because it forces you to try to remove yourself as a bottleneck and to create systems that allow you to run a better business overall, right? And similarly for creative projects, you can ask very, very related questions and it just ends up making your project more creative and better in my experience. So so we'll see, but you know, Cockmunch, I would say it's going a lot better than I expected. Uh, people it's are having great. a lot more fun than I expected. People are yeah. being a lot more creative than I could have hoped for, even though I hoped for that. And uh, people should keep an eye on the podcast, you know, the Cock Punch podcast. You can find it. It's spelled just like you think it's spelled. And I would say stick around. Keep an eye on the houses too. So every house has a dedicated Twitter account. People can find those easily. There's one that people Got are not it. paying too much attention to called the Seventh Scribe, uh, but that one is also worth keeping an eye on. Because but where do you that see is, that Seventh Scribe? Because it's not a clan, yeah. right? No. So the Seventh Scribe is uh, it's it's the spelling's a little bizarre, but it's just at the Seventh Scribe. But Seventh is seven T H. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, that is it's. Uh, it's got a couple of things. It's had a few things leaked out. Uh, maybe you could pull up the map. <laughs> There's a map that was put out, which people, some people haven't paid attention to. It hasn't been, been put out everywhere. But um, the map is like, all right, for people who really want to pay attention and maybe start to piece things together, there is a very well done map of the realm at the seventh scribe. Yeah, I found it. I'm about to share it. But it's seven, like the actual seven. So it's seven. Yeah. yeah. As, as you know, I mean, Twitter, like who I thought that it, it, the yeah. seventh scribe <laughs> with spelled out would be taken. I certainly didn't, but uh, yeah. So the seventh scribe, and you can also find it pretty easily. If, if people are like, I can't find it. I can't find it. If you just go to the cock punch account, then uh, the cock punch account only follows 
three accounts. One one of them is the seventh scribe. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the map right now. So lots of lots um, lots of storytelling. Of course, storytelling yeah. is a huge part yeah. of the of the game yeah. here. Um, yeah. but it's there's a, lot, uh, and there's a lot there's a lot that's not explained yet on that map and there's a lot in the attributes on OpenSea that are not explained yet okay. um, there, there there's a lot there's a lot so I'm, I'm looking forward to it there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot uh, I'm gonna I am planning on having a lot of fun in the next uh, you know let's just call it four weeks as you should I mean yeah. as you should have a lot of fun this is I mean yeah. if, if as a founder in this space, if you don't have fun with all the pressure there is, because literally, like when you think about it, it's like your market cap is being uh, controlled by exterior, you know, like by, by the market, especially right now with all the wash training going on blur. But it's like if you don't make it fun, you're not going to last because the yeah. pressure is very high, especially when you have a large audience, which you have, yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the pressure is even on even more. So if you don't find a way to make it fun, you, it's just going to be an endless like death spiral almost. Tim, yeah, you're not gonna last. You're not gonna last, or you'll just be miserable. Yeah. So, Sam, what is up? I have one quick question, Tim. Just yeah. just listening to what you're saying, just kind of gets me interested. I think there's this theme of projects being able to outlive the team and not needing to continue to deliver utility. Derek Edwards talks about no external dependencies, and and you've mentioned it a lot. And I'm just curious, kind of as an observer of the NFT space, as someone running a project. What do you think are the pieces that a project needs to have together in order to get to that state? <sighs> yeah, very good question. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll say that I think there could be many different components depending on the structure that has been created. In other words, you know, Proof, as an example, has assembled a world-class team. That is a way, so you could build a team that carries the torch and creates a lot of amazing work so that the project is not dependent on a single individual, but it is still dependent on some form of team, right? There could be externalities or I shouldn't say externalities. There could be other mechanisms by which things could be decided. Let's just say a DAO as, as one example, although I do not think DAOs are the panacea that many people make them out to be, you still have to deal with human nature in a collective and that is messy as fuck. So <laughs> DAOs are fascinating, but they are not a panacea. They do not automatically create better decisions. Uh, and you will see fraud within DAOs and you will see fraudulent behavior within DAOs. Human nature is human nature, especially when there's a lot of anonymity. So there's that. The comment, I, I would say the first thing that might be a common ingredient or could be a common ingredient is set expectations. Just have a clear conversation about expectations, right? For, and this applies everywhere. It's like in your romantic relationships, right? If you want to have, you name it, anything, like the most off-menu, unorthodox, controversial thing ever in your relationship, let's just say whatever, you have you have certain... Uh, needs, wants, whatever, that are very unusual. You can probably you can probably have that if you're willing to have those conversations up front. Right? If you're willing to set expectations or have a conversation around expectations up front. And I think that's true for creative projects. It's true for companies as well. Uh, so it, it, and it's important to note as far as I can tell, 
if you do not set expectations, it doesn't have to be what I did, but if you don't set expectations in the beginning, if you don't have those conversations, the default expectations in the space are that you're going to do whatever is necessary to make the price go up forever and that you are going to be an indentured servant working on this until you die. That is the default expectation. So if you don't want that, if that is not the promise you want to make, you should have some type of messaging up front that lays out exactly <laughs> how it's different. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt, more so than is necessary. I think it's, a, I think it's, it's not entirely, but it's largely avoidable. I love that. That is a great question, a great uh, answer, Tim. I just saw the time. I mean, we've just been jamming. I, I love that. Yeah. I feel like, like yeah. I, I, I feel like we could get together and talk for hours. It's a lot of fun. And do we? I too want to be mindful of of your time. Of course, we do have one last question, which yeah, is arguably the most important question every single show that is presented uh, by someone you probably haven't heard speak yet today. But before that. Ovi, oh, he wasn't even listening. That's incredible. Son of a bitch. Your question. I'm always listening. I'm always listening. Um, just had to unmute there, uh, Tim. I have a question for you. What's your sure. uh, favorite type of music to to listen to when you're uh, when you're working? <laughs> favorite type of music. You know, I listen to. Uh, it depends on the time of day. This might be a strange question. So in the morning, I very often listen to. Paul Simon Graceland. If I don't listen to that and I need some more energy, I listen to a Seven Dust playlist, which is more metal or uh, hard rock. So I, I do listen to a lot of Seven Dust these days in the mornings. That's the heavy stuff. Paul Simon Graceland, less heavy. And there's the recently, then in the afternoons, I listen to uh, there's a band called Hermanos Gutierrez, which is uh, mostly guitar music. Not, no lyrics. So I very often listen to that. Kind of end of day, I listen to uh, Bob Marley oftentimes. Yes. Yeah, so Bob Marley, end of day. And then evening, if I'm doing stuff in the evening, if I'm writing in the evening, like I might do some editing this evening, then I listen to mostly Brazilian bossa nova music. There's oh, I love name. that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so I listen to Seu. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing her name right, but there's this amazing artist named CEU with an accent on it. So I listen to her a lot. And uh, that's, that's kind of my daily playlist. And I really like having music for specific points in the day because it helps me shift gears. So that's, that's, that's literally what I'm listening to pretty much every day for the last week. That's some solid picks. It's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like you. I it depends on the time of day and depends on the vibe. Right now, I'm on my heavy jazz and blues Christmas vibe. So oh, yeah. you know, yeah, the yeah. James Brown Christmas album has been on replay at the house. Uh, <laughs> nice. That's all I've been listening to. But Tim, thank you so much for coming up. Thank you for making it happen. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure yeah. and an honor to to have you know one of the biggest biggest in the game uh, on yeah. our show. So it's really been Thanks, a pleasure, bro. um, and excited for, for everything you've got coming up and, uh, with, you know, your, everything you're doing and cock punch and empty space. And if we can ever be of, um, assistance here at rug radio, please, uh, do not hesitate. And big, thank you to Sam who's here at NFT statistics who pretty much like made yeah, this happen and put us absolutely. in contact. So yeah, thank you, Sam. Sam's, uh, Sam's the best. So thank you very much, Sam. And, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys. 
inviting me on. It's it's been uh, it's been something I've looked forward to for a while now, and I'm learning so much. Right, just listening to the lead up to this segment when I was actually talking, listening to some of that and digging in i'm learning so much every day and that's part of what makes me happy and i would say there's some pretty there's uh, there's some fun stuff and some very strange stuff coming so people even if you it doesn't matter if you have an nft or not i mean i think it's more interesting if you have one but if you even if you don't have one uh just keep an eye on what's going to happen with with uh at cockpunch on twitter there's going to be some it's going to be some fun stuff (laughs) hell yeah no i'm sure i'm sure it's gonna be exciting well Thank you so much from on behalf of myself, OSF, Bando, and, and obviously the whole uh, Rock Radio community. They're very happy uh, and everyone's happy. I'm seeing a lot of people saying, oh, I was just going through Twitter and my favorite author is just on Spaces talking. So I think it's fun that we're able to bring, uh, you know, great conversations, especially this period. Uh, something special, but of course. So anyways, Tim, thank you so much. Happy holidays to you, to your family. Uh, and to, yeah, happy to, holidays. To, and uh, thank you for coming up. And with that, with that, with that, that wraps up another dope episode. Another one tomorrow morning. And we got ice bags actually coming out. That's completely different from Tim Ferriss, but that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Yesterday, we did have Joe Lubin on. So if you missed it, go back and listen to the replay. Uh, we had the co-founder of Ethereum and founder of Consensus, chairman of Consensus Mesh, come on, uh, Rug Radio, which is an incredible conversation, especially focused on like decentralization, media, and, and the space in general, crypto. And then today, Tim, of course, we're going to be uploading the, uh, the show across all platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, uh, YouTube, and whatnot. Uh, it'll be uploaded by end of day. And we have a thread coming up for sure on the Rug Radio account within a, a few minutes. Usually, drives is pretty quick with them. So you'll be able to catch that with that. With that, with that, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of GM Web 3 on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day. Good morning to Web 3 with Morocco, Sepp, and Mando. Tune in live at 10. And it's all on the road radio. radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. DMTM. Rug radio. Rug radio. Rug radio. Rug radio.